reading for uh, scripture text for today. It's Brenda. Our scripture today comes from Genesis chapter 42, verses 6 through 17. Now Joseph was governor over the land. It was he who sold to all the people of the land. And Joseph's brothers came and bowed themselves before him with their faces to the ground. When Joseph saw his brothers, he recognized them, but he treated them like strangers and spoke harshly to them. Where do you come from, he said. They said, from the land of Canaan to buy food. Although Joseph had recognized his brothers, they did not recognize him. Joseph also remembered the dreams that he had dreamed about them. He said to them, you are spies. You have come to see the nakedness of the land. They said to him, No, my lord, your servants have come to buy food. We are all sons of, the, of one man. We are honest men. Your servants have never been spies. But he said to them, No, you have come to see the nakedness of the land. They said, We, your servants, are twelve brothers, the sons of a certain man in the land of Canaan. The youngest, however, is now with our father, and one is no more. But Joseph said to them, It is just as I have said to you, you are spies. Here is how you shall be tested. As Pharaoh lives, you shall not leave this place unless your youngest brother comes here. Let one of you go and bring your brother, while the rest of you remain in prison, in order that your words may be tested. Whether there is truth in you or else, as Pharaoh lives, surely you are spies. And he put them all together in prison. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Amen. I give Brenda a lot of credit. Uh, typically, I try to send out the scripture reading. If you want to read this, the sermon scripture, I'll send it to you. Maybe not all of you. I know you live in different communities. <laughs> uh, I try to send it out uh, to share with you ahead of time so you can practice. You know, Not everybody likes to just wing it like that. And uh, I did not do that for Brenda. <laughs> So well done, Brenda. It uh, shows courage to go forward with it. So uh, to begin our, uh, the message today, I want to share with you a moment of mercy that I received uh, way back when I was in high school. Uh, the first time I was ever on a golf course, I went with a friend who invited me, and I was friends with his family, and they said, come out to the golf course with us. And uh, my friend's mom managed the golf course at the time, and so they said, we'll get you on for free, and we'll go out. It was actually really late in the fall like this, and first time I'm out there, we're on the, at the end of the first hole, and I technically wasn't supposed to drive the golf cart, but my, my best friend at the time said, well, give it a try. <laughs> and I thought it was so awesome, and I'm just turning and just going crazy like this, and all of a sudden, wham! smashed right into a tree. <laughs> yeah. And my friend, was, you know, it was like the passenger side, and my friend, like, hurt his arm, and the top of the canopy of the golf cart was, like, crumpled in, you know, whatever, and I just felt like, oh, my goodness, is this really happening? <laughs> I was not even supposed to drive, and then we're not even we're on the first hole, uh, and my friend, you know, now what's going to happen? And the, the thought that came into, for, across my mind is, What's going to happen now? I mean, I was so scared. It's uh, going to cost a lot of money. So how much money was that going to cost? I couldn't pay for it. I wasn't even working at the time. More importantly, what would my friends do to me, the parents? And then what would my parents say if they found out, you know? Uh, man, was I scared in that moment. 
it's a pretty vulnerable or scary feeling to be in a situation like this. And you probably can't relate to the specific uh, example. But to know that you've done something wrong uh, and to wonder what will happen next. The more serious the offense, the more threatening or scary the potential punishment is, right? So you know if you did something really wrong, you know that there might be something bad that could happen in retribution. And the, the more serious the offense the more fear is generated of like, what's going to happen now? Have you ever felt that way? Have you ever felt that kind of tension within your heart? Have you ever done or said something that maybe you didn't intend to? Or you did something and you immediately started to feel bad? Like, that's really not how I wanted to show up to that situation. That's not what I wanted to say or do. I wish I could change it. I, almost immediately, I wish I could change it. Maybe it's a fight with a loved one or something happens at work, some kind of tension or maybe you said something behind somebody's back that you say, yeah, you know, that wasn't very Christ-like, actually. There's so many uh, different variations of moments where we need mercy, right? Mercy is to receive compassion, forgiveness, and kindness when we, could ins- when we really should instead receive some kind of punishment or retribution. We all have moments where we need mercy. Our moments of needing mercy vary greatly. Yours are likely very different from mine. I've done many things in my life throughout the entirety of my life that I regret very much. Your moments of needing mercy are well, very differently from mine, but one reality is clear that each of us, every human, every human is in need of mercy. Humans have this heart issue that goes all the way back to the garden, to the Garden of Eden, all the way back to the beginning. We can't help but hurt one another. We can't help but think things and do things and say things about other people that we know aren't Christ-like or we know are harmful, right? I mean, you don't need me to tell you this. You know that this is human nature. This is the struggle of life. We do things that hurt one another. We hurt ourselves. And we do things the way that we know God doesn't want for us. The reality is every human is in need of mercy throughout the entirety of our lives. We don't just get to a point in life where we say, well, we don't need mercy anymore, God. We're good. I don't need mercy from the people in my lives. I'm good. I'm the perfect person. Maybe that happens. Maybe you are the perfect person. Good job. So Joseph's brothers were especially in need of mercy after what they had done to him. And they knew it. So with the, some of you haven't been here. We've been talking about the story of Joseph and his brothers hated him for no good reason other than his father loved him more than the others. Gave him a nice little coat. Treated him really well. And he was the youngest. So of course, you know, that's just kind of how it works out. And they hated him so badly. They were so jealous of him that they beat him up and sold him into slavery. Basically, is the short story. And they lied to their father about what happened to him. So Joseph finds himself first as a slave in a household, doing things that he never wanted to do, being treated in a way that he, ne- he did, definitely did not deserve. And then he finds himself in prison because he was treated unjustly by someone else. Framed, really. And so can you think of all the time that Joseph would have to think about that and what it must have felt like for Joseph? But we'll come back to him later. He's in this moment where the people who had treated him so poorly so long ago, and he'd had all this time to let it fester in his heart. He's in this moment now where he has power over them. He's able to show them mercy. They are literally in front of him. 
And he's the governor of the land. So they're starving. They need food. They come to Egypt to get food from, from Joseph who has the power to distribute it to whomever he chooses. Pharaoh gave him that power himself. That would feel pretty good, wouldn't it? You treated me poorly. You did all these things to me. You ruined my life. You've kept me from my father for 20 years. Boy, I would have a hard time just saying, God, I forgive you. <laughs> you know, I'm going to be Christ-like in this moment. I'm just going to, you know, come give me a hug. It's been a long time. Come give me a hug. That would be super hard, right? See, Joseph's brothers needed mercy. They're humans and they needed mercy. And they knew it. They knew it. Listen to what they said uh, here. I've got to find the right verse. They knew it as Joseph was talking to them. They said to one another, Alas, we are paying the penalty for what we did to our brother. We saw his anguish when he pleaded with us, but we would not listen. And this is why the anguish had come upon us. Then Reuben answered him, Did I not tell you that not to wrong the boy? But you would, not do, you would not listen. So there comes a reckoning for his blood. And they did not know that Joseph understood him, understood them since he spoke with them through an interpreter. Joseph's brothers knew that they needed mercy and they were afraid of what would happen to them for what they did to their brother. And the thing here also is that Joseph remembered. Oh, he remembered. They, for some reason, didn't recognize him, but Joseph recognizes his brothers right away. And he remembered. This, they come to him for food, and, and we read this in verse 9. Joseph also remembered the dreams. This was the first thing we read about. What is Joseph experiencing? Joseph also remembered the dreams that he had dreamed about them. And then he says to them, You are spies. You have come to see the nakedness of the land. So Joseph remembers well, this is what I was telling them was going to happen. The reason that his brothers really got jealous and said, we're done with this guy, we're going, to, we're going to harm him, is because he said, guess what, guys? I had this really awesome dream where all of a sudden I was really powerful and all these good things were happening and God was using me for this really amazing purpose and they did not like this dream. So in this one moment, Joseph says, oh yeah, I remember. I remember that I shared with them that this was going to happen and then they punished me for it. I'm going to get revenge. Oh, what a relatable moment for all of us. Here we see this fear, this relatable fear from his brothers, this fear of punishment for what, what we have done wrong. This can be, this kind of fear that his brothers were experiencing, this can be a paralyzing kind of fear for us. We don't have to face these moments very often, but today in our world, we just don't have to be in relationship with people anymore. We can avoid them. We can isolate. We can uh, be perfectionists and say we're just going to be with people that we think will never hurt us or ever do us wrong. We're going to craft our life in a way where we're never, ever hurt. So then we never have to show mercy. We never have to forgive anybody. We never have to live with compassion. That's not what God wants for us either. We can also see from the side of Joseph this amazing moment where he was treated so poorly by his brothers. 20 years to think about it. 20 years of being in a land that was not his own. Starting out in, uh, a, as a slave, then to prison, and now this amazing thing happens in his life where he says, well, God has made me forget all the pain that I've experienced in my life. But we find out that that's not true. <laughs> all the power in the world, all the stuff, in the world, the things that we often think that 
will cure the hurts within our hearts. All the power, all the wealth, all the stuff in the world did not heal Joseph's heart, even though he said, oh, I'm good now. So often that's what we do. We say, oh, okay, I'm good now. I'm just going to bury it away. I'm going to push it to the side. But Joseph has a moment for justice, for payback, a moment to let them have it. It's pretty relatable, too. Uh, you and I, when we feel wronged, uh, when we have been wronged, or maybe we're feeling wronged, we would like it if we could get retribution. Now, you can say that you don't, you don't think that way, but that's our first impulse as humans, is we would like to get retribution. Just in the simplest way, the most innocent way, of maybe just wanting to be right. Like a little bit of a back and forth over something as dumb as doing the dishes, right? <laughs> like, well, but I'm, I'm right. You just, I just want you to know I'm right. Like, that's rooted in that same feeling. We would like it if we could get retribution. That's pretty clear in the world today. You say that? We have a world where everybody is trying to be right or be in, in control or be power to get retribution for the wrongs that have been done to them. Joseph has an opportunity to show mercy. But the reality of his pain keeps him from showing it. His bitter, sad, he's bitter, sad, and grieving, so he's, he toys with them for a little bit. This is also really relatable. He sends them off on a little bit of a wild goose chase, saying, okay, I'm going to show you mercy. I'm going to give you food, but I'm going to hang on to your brother for a little while, and I'm going to make you sweat it out. I'm going to make you worry. I'm going to hold this power that I have over you, this leverage that I have over you. I'm going to hold on to it for as long as I can. That's what makes Joseph human. That's what makes Joseph a person in the Bible that we can relate to because he doesn't just go and do what Jesus would do and say, welcome back, everybody. <laughs> he says, I'm hurt. I'm annoyed. I'm ticked off. And I'm going to do something about it. Joseph also shows his brothers mercy. He has the power to punish them, to throw them into prison and throw away the key. He could have done this in this moment. But he gives them a second chance. And he shows them generosity. And his emotions, they come out. Listen to this, what he says. Joseph turns away after his brothers see they don't, they don't recognize him so they don't know that he can understand their language that they're speaking. And so they're talking and saying how afraid they are of being punished, right? We're all afraid of being punished. What's going to happen? Oh, I have to hide from my sin? Do I have to hide from this guilt and shame that I'm feeling? Joseph sees that and hears that his brothers are in pain and they're in anguish. They're terrified. And if, if he didn't care, he would just say, well, serves them right. Right? That's what he would say. Serves them right. That's what they deserve. But this is what we read. Joseph turned away from them and he wept. He wept. This pain that he was trying to run from, this, uh, false, this false savior of power and money and stuff that he had received, it did not deal with the pain that was within his heart. Joseph turned away from them and wept. Then he, he returned and spoke to him. And he picked out Simeon and had him bound before their eyes. Joseph gave orders to fill their bags with grain and return, to return every man's money to his sack and to give him provisions for their journey. And this was done for him. I really like this part of the story. Okay? Joseph shows us that it's okay to experience our emotions. Yes, even as Christians. It's okay to be honest about what we're feeling. He's hurt. He's bitter. 
He's angry. He's afraid. We don't have to suppress those emotions and pretend that we never experienced them. That's to to deny our humanness. He lets himself experience these emotions rather than hide them, hide from them, or deny them. And still, he moves on to to a posture of mercy to his brothers. They deserve punishment. I think in today's world, they would receive punishment, right? They would receive punishment for what they did. And he has the power to make that happen. But instead, he shows them compassion and generosity. Joseph shows us that being and living mercifully is, in fact, a process. Living mercifully is a process, not an instantaneous event. We can't just show up to these big moments in life and expect to have courage and compassion in our hearts and act mercifully. That's what we like to think that, well, if that person ever came back and said they're sorry, that I would just forgive them and show mercy to them and to show kindness and compassion. But the truth is, we can't do that. We can't generate that kind of love and compassion just in an instant. We can't develop Christ-like character just when we need it. It has to be cultivated deep within our hearts so our response, our reflex to the things that happen to us is a merciful one, is a compassionate one, is a posture of forgiveness and kindness and love and care. Joseph shows us that living mercifully is a process. First, by being honest about our pain, which is hard in the church. I'm mad at God. Why did He do this to me? I'm mad at my friends, my brothers and sisters in the church. How could they treat me like that? How could they talk behind my back? That's often what I hear. I hear lots of stories of church wounds. Church hurts. So if we just say, well, we can't show those emotions, we can't ever talk about those things in church, what do people do? Leave and never come back. And friends, that is a big reason why the church is in such decline today is because the church... The people sitting in the pews don't have this posture of mercy. Not towards the outside culture, towards one another. This is what we're called to, is to live mercifully. But it's a process. It's a process with first being honest about our difficult emotions so that we can then move towards compassion and grace and kindness and forgiveness. It's not easy. This is perhaps the hardest way to live. The hardest part about being Christ-like. But Joseph shows us that living mercifully is a process. It's one that he lived out. And it starts by doing some of the things that he did. So the first week we talked about Joseph and the fact that he kept showing up. He kept doing the little things that were asked of him and he did them really well. He just said, I didn't ask for this. This was unfair. This is not how I want to be treated. But I'm going to give my best for God. Joseph kept showing up. Then, secondly, we talked about Joseph kept sharing his gift. He kept sharing that vulnerable part of him, that real part of him. Not the fake, you know, come into church and pretend everything's okay, but the real part of him. Things that get him excited, things that bring purpose and meaning to his life. He shared those things with people that probably didn't deserve it. And that brought transformation and opportunity and eventually healing. Lastly, Joseph kept showing mercy while being honest about his pain and his hurts. And if you keep reading, it gets even more powerful. It gets even more transformative. And Joseph keeps revealing 
There are moments where he turns away and he's crying. And then he plays the role of bad cop. You know, shouldn't say that. I really love cops. Uh, <laughs> okay, You've got to be careful nowadays, right? He plays the role of the bad guy. You know, I'm really mad. I'm really tough. But then he turns away and he's crying. So he's showing us this is a process of just being honest about what we're experiencing and then returning to God and saying, God, help me to be merciful. Joseph is a perfect example for us because we live in a world full of people, full of people who need to receive mercy. Us being included in that. We live in a world full of people who need to receive mercy and compassion and kindness when they could receive punishment, when they should receive punishment. But instead, they need to receive mercy and compassion and forgiveness just like me, just like you. We also live in a world where not very many people have a willingness and spiritual strength to live as merci- to live mercifully. We live in a world where not very many people have a willingness and spiritual strength to live mercifully. And this is possibly the hardest this is possibly the hardest way to live in life. Many people say that they would show mercy in this kind of a situation. Oh yeah, of course. We got to love them. We've got to show up and love them. Many people say that they would show mercy, but avoid tough situations. Avoid conversations with people that have hurt you or maybe people that you don't know, that you know uh, live a lifestyle that you don't approve of or that belong to a different political party. It's a common one today, right? We just avoid those situations altogether. Avoid speaking truth. Avoid being direct about what's going on in our life and maybe hurts that we've experienced and say, you hurt me. We need to talk about that. We need to get this stuff out so that God can heal it. So if we avoid all those situations, we block any possibility of healing and transformation. We block it. We say, no thanks God, don't need your grace because I'm just going to hang on to this hurt until the day I die maybe. We'll see. We commit to the process of living mercifully by receiving mercy from Christ who is the merciful one. He has the power to make us pay for our, sin, our selfishness, for our sin, for our mistakes, for our faithlessness. He has the power to make us pay for that. He's the creator of all. He's the ruler of all the universe. Christ has the power to make us pay for our mistakes. And instead, Christ shows us mercy every time. Every time we turn our hearts to Him, He shows us mercy. So we live mercifully by receiving mercy and grace from Christ. So for many of us, friends, living mercifully starts with showing mercy first to ourselves. Showing compassion and kindness to ourselves. To us. Only then can we be more open to receive mercy from God and to live mercifully for others. But no question about it. No question about it. Again, no question about it. We as Christians are called to keep showing mercy no matter what is happening in the world. Period. We are called as Christians to keep showing mercy. We are called as Christians to keep showing mercy, no matter what. So how good does it feel to receive mercy? How good does it feel 
Can you remember a time when you deserved punishment? When you did something or said something that you knew, that that wasn't quite how I wanted to show up, and they know it and I know it. And I could receive punishment for this. But then you don't. Instead, you receive compassion and kindness and forgiveness. How good does that feel? I'll tell you that. This situation on the golf course, I didn't know what was going to happen. I was so afraid of, of the consequences. I think I was 15 at the time, you know? And what my friend's parents did for me, I'll never forget. Actually, I don't think anybody has ever heard this story. <laughs> Maybe not even Gina, I don't know. My friend's dad said that it was him. He said, I crashed into the tree. And immediately, I'm like, what, are you an idiot? <laughs> Why did you, how did you crash into a tree? And he just continued to answer those questions and continued to take the hit because he didn't want me to get in trouble because he knew that I'd be in big trouble at home and he also knew that I'd be in big trouble at that golf course, which I ended up working at for eight years during the summers. They never knew that I crashed a golf cart. I don't think they would have let me in. <laughs> my first job was as a cart boy washing those carts and parking them in the garage. No way would they have let me do that job, right? But my friend's dad took the punishment on himself. And he said, it was me. I did it. And he and his family uh, volunteered time addressing and and stuffing envelopes and sending them off to make up for the, the cost of repairing the golf cart. They actually put in the time many, many hours in doing just grunt work, really, for me. My parents never found out till today. (laughs) <laughs> See, <laughs> I'm pointing to the camera. They're probably, wa- <laughs> they're probably watching. <laughs> but friends, that's mercy. And every moment of mercy that we receive like that, it changes us. It changes us. It, 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 it grows in us compassion and grace, gratitude, generosity that we want to share with others. But if we withhold mercy... We rob ourselves from being Christ-like ourselves and, and we keep others from having that transformative experience where maybe they can experience God for the first time, saying this is what God is like. And that's what Christ has done for each one of us. That's what he's done for us. We have this heart issue, this thing that we call sin that we can't do anything about on our own. And there are consequences to our sinful nature. And Christ said, I got this one. I'll take the blame. I'll take the punishment. Please, please, would you go and do likewise? He is the merciful one who enabled us, who enables us to live as merciful people, which is our mandate as Christians. Joseph illustrates what what Christ invites us to. Keep showing mercy, friends. Please keep showing mercy, first to yourself and then to others. Amen. I'd invite you to uh, reflect.